I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have you heard about a B2B e-commerce company that aims to connect and upgrade the technological interaction of business and consumers? Unbelievable, right? But with Obanana Corp, everything can turn from impossible to possible. With their quick and reliable online marketplace business solutions for better customer satisfaction and bringing premium products and business partnerships. My favorite feature for easy browsing is their Market Hub section with construction, electronics, logistics, shipyard services, real estate, travel and tours, food and beverage, apparel, agriculture, and general services. I'm sure that this all-in-one seamless platform is something where you couldn't ask for more. Be updated and visit their social media accounts, OBananaPH for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Discover more and be more with Obanana Corp. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. You know, one of the biggest things that came about during the pandemic is urban farming, vertical farming. So you don't even really need huge farm lots anymore to have your own produce inside your residential property. You can even have like a 400, 500 square meter plot of land that you can have vertical gardening. You can do urban gardening and it's become something that people have really taken notice of. So a lot of the components that we're putting into this project will have, it will relate back to agriculture. Essentially, that's what an agri, that's what we have envisioned for the agriculture. And good evening, good morning, good afternoon all over the world. My name is RJ Ladesma and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ladesma podcast before everything else to everybody listening to me from here in the Philippines. So again, let's continue to stay safe, stay healthy. And of course, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, please get yourselves vaccinated. And right now, it's a great opportunity to get your kids vaccinated as well. So those ages 12 to 17, please get them vaxxed as soon as you can. Uh, you can register right now online. And uh, let's work together to help reshape and restart our economy and the health of our country. And again, here in the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about their business, what are their success secrets, and can we hack those success secrets? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging during this new normal and the next normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur, or even a Filipino W entrepreneur, or a Phil Am entrepreneur, or any entrepreneur who is Filipino from all over the world who you would like me to interview on the podcast, please let me know. I would love to interview them. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and of course, the Bounce Back Network tonight. A very good friend of mine guesting over here. I'm so glad he was able to make it here on the show. We have Ricardo Cari Lagdameo who is the president and real estate of the real estate and construction group of the Davao-based Anflow Management and Investment Corporation. Under Carrie's very astute leadership and strategic direction, their real estate uh, company, the Mosa Land Official, has launched several milestone projects in Davao. And he will tell us more about these projects later on. Uh, these include the first agro-industrial estate, the first condominium project, the first flexible workspace station solution in Davao and the first high-rise office tower in Damosa Diamond Tower and many other mixed-use projects. And last but not the least, ito rin, Agria, the first master-planned agri-tourism development in the Davao region. How did Carrie come up with doing all these different firsts in Davao? I would love to hear from him and especially how they were able to manage their business, especially during 
the new normal. So please welcome my good friend, Carrie Lagdameo, all the way from the Val. Hey, hey Carrie, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. You know, I'd be lying if I said that I'd, I'd rather be where you're broadcasting from. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you're, you're in Boracay right now, but all, all, all is well and good. So how are you this evening? Oh, great. You know what? The kids are in, in that super chill mode. Like I just feel like you said, your kids were there in Davao last week. They just needed some fresh air, time to get out, you know, walk around, be mobile. And over here, I mean, they're in the beach. They've got sand in their feet. They've got the fresh waves. So it's a recharge for online schooling again. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're having fun there. And I also hear it's very fun right now in Davao. Now, guys, before Carrie starts talking about all, all the great things she's doing in Davao, there's one thing which he's doing right now, which is a fantastic project for the whole of the Vow. And this is the Vow Investment Conference, Carrie. Can you please tell us a bit more about this upcoming conference, which has been taking a lot of your time? Yeah, sure, RJ. And, and first of all, thanks for uh, giving me this opportunity to talk about the Davao Investment Conference, or as, as we fondly call it, Davao Icon. No, it's happening next week on November 11 and 12. And, and basically, this event happens every two years. So this is actually the sixth time that the Davao Chamber is holding this. So it's already been about 12 years running. No? And essentially, what we like to highlight in, in, in these conferences are really what are the opportunities for major investors to come into not just Davao City, but the Davao region. No? So for this year, un unfortunately, we still couldn't do it in person. It will be a virtual hybrid event. I say hybrid because we... It's not going to be simply a Zoom event. You know, we're putting a lot of uh, attention on production value. So we're shooting it in a studio live. Uh, a lot of our speakers will be coming live or will be broadcasting live here in Davao. We have a lot of top-notch speakers, major investors from Ayala Land, to Cebu Land Masters, CP Food, the Boitis Group, San Miguel. So these are all some of the major players that have been in the Davao region for quite some time now. So we'll have speakers from all of these companies. We'll also have from the government side, for instance, we have Secretary Berna, Berna Romulo Puyat, who will be speaking on behalf of we have Secretary Mon Lopez of DPI. And then we also have heads of a lot of the foreign chambers that will be that will be having a roundtable discussion. So you know, we're trying to make it look and feel as much as a live conference as we can. We even have a cultural show that will be that will be broadcasting as well. So everything that you could get in a conference, we're we're putting it into this two day two day event next week. And and basically what we're highlighting is real estate, tourism, manufacturing, and agribusiness. So those are four of the I guess you can say major areas of investment that we're seeing right in the Davo region. So we'll be having speakers talking about these major industries. You can register online at davoicon.com. So registration will be ongoing from uh, now until the event on November 11 and 12. So I, I hope you could join, RJ. Hope, hope your well, viewers can I could have hosted the forum. You let me know. I would be glad to <laughs> host it or moderated the forum there as well. Even if I'm... I'm I, my, my family business actually uh, had a real estate project there in Davao yeah. many years ago. And remember Guadalupe Village over there in Davao. So Absolutely. my wife actually went to law school in Davao. So she's got a lot of relations there in, in Davao. So um, good friends in Davao. Good. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to your support. And the, Carrie, just to ask me, is this is this a free conference or is this is a paid conference? It, it, it's a paid conference, if I remember correctly. I think it's six thousand per head. But this Friday, we're doing a. I guess you can call it a flash sale. It, it, we'll be offering it at four thousand pesos per head. Great. So again, that's www.davaoicon.com. Is that right? We're flashing it on the screen right now. Davaoicon.com. Yep. Just a question right now. No, here's a you know several things about Davao, especially for those of us who are Manila-centric might not be able to better appreciate the opportunities happening in the regional areas. Of course, that this is the president's hometown, Davao. And, and there's a lot of, you know, it, it's great that it, it's highlighted right now because of his presidency that a lot of investments have going in have been going into Davao. But, you know, minus that, no, if, if, even if he wasn't president, there's still a lot of great value to Davao. And, and what are these, what are people not see? What, you know, if, you, you're, you're actually Manila-based, right? You've, you used to fly in, uh, to Davao on a regular basis. But what are the opportunities that people don't see in Davao that, that makes it really ideal in terms of uh, geography, in terms of people, in terms of uh, agriculture? Help us better see the picture of a Manilenio looking at Davao and saying, oh, I didn't realize this about Davao. Yeah, you know, you know there's, there's really so much opportunities now. And that's why we're, what we're highlighting is not just Davao City, but the, the entire region. Because when you look at the whole Davao region or Region 11, no, I mean, there are some areas that are very strong for agribusiness. There are some areas that are good for tourism. 
Davao City, of course, is good for real estate, trading, finance, and, and, and everything else because it's really the economic center of, of Mindanao. No? So what, what, we're also, what we also want to highlight is that a lot of the investment that we're seeing here in Davao have been here actually for decades. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's that, I guess, misperception sometimes where investors or businessmen will think that we emerged from since 2016. No, but that's, that's really not the case. No, I mean, there's uh, a lot of the major investment has happened in the past decades and people have been here and have been successful for quite some time. So we, as we all know, Mindanao is really the food basket of, and the Davao region itself is, is, is definitely in no exception for that. When we look at real estate, for instance, you know, the BPO market, for instance, is also really driving uh, a lot of the new construction, a lot of the new townships, a lot of the new buildings, because Davao has been a center of excellence for the BPO industry for for quite some time. Tourism is is, is one of the I guess interesting and very up and coming industries. No, and and we have, for instance, there's some of the new tourism spots that have come up over the last few years. Dusit Hotel is here. Discovery mm-hmm. will be opening next year. Uh, Marriott Hotel will be opening up a, a hotel soon. And then even your Philippine-based real tourism establishment, for instance, Akasha Hotel. Seda Hotel has been here for quite some time. Then Marco Polo, for instance. And I mean, it, it, I guess you can say, you name it, and, and they're all here already. And they're starting to come uh, in, they're starting to come in a bigger way as we speak. So there's, there's really a lot of opportunities across the board. The market is big. Davao City is 1.7 million people. The region is 5 million. Mindanao is 24 million people. Davao City is one of the largest largest cities in the world, am I right? I mean, if, if my understanding is yeah. correct. Yes, definitely. I mean, in, in the country, it's the biggest in terms of land area. And in the world as well, it's one of the biggest. So you can imagine how much opportunities there still are to expand. And especially when you have infrastructure projects that are continuously being implemented. Obviously, that, that, that complements a lot of the existing private projects that are currently ongoing. Yeah. And then I just want to ask, though, I mean, that because it's nice that we finally had the Mindanao president who was able to focus on, you know, because sometimes Mindanao is often, because it's not at the center of policy making or the center of the government, things were often not paid too much attention to. But what, what has happened basically to the region of Davao because of the attention now given to Mindanao? I mean, because I often say, you know, Mindanao is the key to poverty alleviation. Mindanao is the key for, really, if you want, if you go to Mindanao and invest in Mindanao, that's when, when things really improve. How are you seeing that yeah. as a businessman in Mindanao? What, what, how does that, you know, ha- help us understand why investing in Mindanao is key to helping really grow the country? Well, you know, first of all, there's been so much interest in, in Mindanao, obviously, over the last couple of years, and especially the Davao region. And I think, if at all, there was uh, a lot of curiosity from tourists, from businessmen, and they just wanted to see what was going on here. And what we always say is, as long as you're able to bring people to Mindanao and, and, and to Davao, they'll see what we've been seeing over the last 70 years, you know, as, as, as a business group. They'll, they'll see all of the opportunities and, and they'll see how conducive it is for, for investment. So it's, it's one of those things where you just have to get uh, their foot in the door, so to speak. And we continue to see that. No? Why is Mindanao important as, you know, to, to be an industry leader in your respective industries? It's, I think first and foremost, the, the market's huge. Mindanao is 24 million people. So, you know, we had a webinar just recently and we hosted uh, a number of FMCG companies. And across the board, they all said that if, if we're going to be market leaders in our respective products, we have to have a Mindanao strategy because it's, Mindanao is that important for for your national strategy, so to speak. Wow! I mean, what a what a revelation, uh, even for me, uh, as to how to be Mindanao. And here's a call from a good friend from Colliers, uh, from Joey Bondok of Colliers. Hi, Car. Looking forward to our briefing in in Davao very soon. Joey Bondok of Colliers. Joey, again, thanks for listening. And of course, ang dami mga atang fans dyan, mula sa Anflow. We got Luisa Karamian saying good evening, Sir Kari. Sir Kari, maraming yata nakikinig sa from daghang uh, salamat, ha? from Anflow and the rest of Davao. Thanks for listening to us here right now. You said every two years that the Davao Investment Conference happens. Okay, what is the biggest difference that you've seen? I mean, taking into consideration both, okay, that we've had COVID and that we've had to manage with COVID and also what has happened in the past two years that has really, you know, that's much different now in Mindanao versus the last time that you did the investment conference. What's like the big mind-blowing or insight that we might gain this year that, that you've seen? You know, we were happy to see that a lot of major investments continued. 
No. And RJ, you're, you're in real estate and, and we all know that the real estate industry has had its challenges, but was able to, to move forward. No? And we were able to see a lot of project completion over the last two years. We were able to see new projects also get launched as well. So I, I think it's a testament to how ready the market is here, how resilient the market. Of course, agribusiness and manufacturing, for instance, those were industries that were able to continue despite the pandemic. So when I speak to a lot of people in those industries, they were happy in the sense that their businesses were not as disrupted maybe as other industries. And, and I think that's common for a lot of agribusiness companies. No? So I, I, those are some of the examples of what, what I can tell you of what happened over the last two years. One thing that was also very encouraging was that Davao had less hard lockdown. So businesses were able to operate. I, I know that a lot of the malls, those with mall chains have said that their Malls in Mindanao did a little bit better because there were less hard lockdowns. So I think that was also encouraging. And then now you see a lot of people, families, you know, going out to restaurants, going out to the malls and starting to spend. And, you know, that's what we've been waiting for for quite some time. So hopefully this will continue. We're hoping just like everybody else for a good last two months of the year. But I, I think we're on the right track. I think we're on the right footing here in, in Davao. No? So I think we're really ready for that recovery. Fantastic. And like you said, no, agribusiness was a bright spot, not just for Davao, but for the rest of the country. Remember when, when we hit negative, I think, 18% GDP? Agriculture was the only bright spot, and I guess Davao yeah. uh, was part of that bright spot over there. When we, when we talk about agribusiness, Carrie, and I know that you also have your own agria, you got your own agri-industrial estate over there. Um, to, to look at it better, I mean, even in more depth, you know, what particular part of agribusiness is doing good right now? Well, I, I would say the exports are still okay. The exports of, like, say, bananas, pineapples, those are obviously the, the, the two biggest agri-exports that we have. No? But even, for instance, we have an industrial park. It's one of our projects, and it's an agro-industrial project. The companies that were operating there, the food manufacturing companies, we, they actually had an uptick in sales. And the demand for their products in other countries, so, for instance, banana chips, there was uh, a strong demand for banana chips in countries such as China. So they were actually operating very well. Even other banana products that were processed and exported, they also did quite well as well. So, I mean, we're, what we're starting to see and what we want to see more of are more of these value-added products. So not just the exporting of fresh produce uh, and fresh products, but obviously that's still going to be extremely important and number one. But we want to see you know, manufacturers of chocolate coffee, coconut products. And we've had a lot of inquiries from some of these companies to set up factories in our industrial park. So if it's any indication, we're starting to see more higher value-added uh, value adding companies come in. Yep. Yeah. And having said that about the Vano, I mean, it, it takes me about, I want to take it just a bit back, no? And I look at your... Um, I mean, you're you're a graduate of Columbia Business School. You've worked for investment banks, and you've had other projects. And I mean, and and but eventually, you found yourself going to Davao. You know, for many people, if if you were educated the way that you were educated, and or you know, you've had that background, they wouldn't really be looking at that. I mean, I mean, just between, I mean, not between us, but between between people listening to us, it wouldn't be a major consideration for them to go back. To the province, right, and and then expand the business over there. But but you took the chance. That was your sort of like your both your entrepreneurial gut to move over there. Of course, it was a family business, but also, Shempre, you you made to choose, right? What was it about Davao that made you want to go there and say itataya ko yung aking professional career in Davao? Wow, you know, first of all, that's a great question, RJ. And first of all, it took me a while. I'll I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I I I started working here in Davao about eight years ago, lang. So. That, that's actually pretty late now in my career. No? I, w- I was in my late 30s already. But then, you know, more and more when I would start, to, when I started to visit later in my career, and I can see that, you know, that there were so many opportunities. There were so many untapped businesses. And I, I, I keep thinking back to the early entrepreneurs that came to Mindanao in, in, in the 40s and 50s, where, you know, they came to Mindanao when it was really like a black slate. And and they just took their chance as entrepreneurs, no. And you're an or you're an entrepreneur yourself, no. So sometimes it it, it takes that, or I guess you want to be challenged. You want to know that you can do something 
create something from nothing, create something new. And why not? Because there are things happening in other parts of other parts of the country, other parts of the world. So you think to yourself, why can't we have this in 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 our part of the Philippines? No? And and I think a lot of the businessmen that I've been meeting and that I've met over the last eight years, I think they feel the same. It, it was quite interesting that when I moved here about eight years ago, there was several Manila-based businessmen that also did similar moves. And they're still here now. So it's people that were, you know, they went to school in Manila. They were born and raised in Manila. You wouldn't think that they would also take their business or set up their business outside of Metro Manila, but they're still here today and and, and they're doing quite well. No, so it, 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 it's almost like there was this resurgence of, you know, Manila-based entrepreneurs uh, and businessmen that were coming to Mindanao and, and trying their hand in, in, in this part of the country. So, so you're not, hindi ka tubong Davao. In other words, you, you don't, you don't, your roots are not from Davao, but you're really, your business, your affinity for business began there in Davao, I guess. I, I guess you could say that. I mean, my family's been here. I, I have a lot of families that have really spent most of their lives here. Personally, I was born in Manila. But Davao has always been, you know, part of our DNA. It's just that I only took the plunge and decided to work here eight years ago. And I think it was really one of the best decisions I've ever made. Fantastic. I want to just go back to the comment box over here from Laura Valdez Porras. Hi, RJ. Hope your popular Mercato will expand in Davao soon. Carrie, what can we say about expanding in Davao soon for Mercato? <laughs> I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you to come down. <laughs> okay. So uh, we, we were actually talking offline, Laura, and figuring out uh, what would be the logistics to bring to bring Mercato to Davao. And, you know, my... You know, if you look at what Carrie's been doing, I, I like the idea of shared values where, you know, although you're it's you're doing business, you're also helping small entrepreneurs grow. And that's really what that what Mercato is all about. So hopefully I will be bringing it there very soon and creating pockets of areas where we will help grow and scale uh, small Davaoeno-based entrepreneurs and not just bring them to Davao, let's bring them nationwide. Same way that we bring vendors from Manila to Davao. So that it's a nice intercultural mm-hmm. exchange and it's great food exchange. And of course, uh, we want to help take advantage of the growth in Davao. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I'll, I'll just share something, Arjun. You know, before the pandemic, and, and we did this a couple of years before the pandemic, we even had our own food festival that we would do once a month here in, in our business complex. We used to call it the, the Mosa Food Fest. And it was actually one of the most, I, I would like to think it was one of the more visited food festivals. I mean, we took our cue, honestly, from Mercato. We saw what you guys were doing there and we wanted to do something similar. And, you know, we saw a lot of these really interesting food concepts from SMEs and we, we, it was a good mix of, you know, bigger food establishments and brand new food concepts. So it's very similar to what you guys are doing. So if Mercato were to decide to come to Davao, the market is really, it's, it's ripe for it. No? And, and, well, and we already did something very similar. So I, I think you guys would be... So I'm perfect. So again, uh, we're going to seal a deal after this is done, Lord. Don't worry. Damo Salad and Mercato, <laughs> a perfect marriage made in heaven. We're coming over to Davao. And, you know, I love Davao as well. My, my wife loves Davao. My family has business roots in Davao as well. So hopefully we, we get to see you soon, Gary. Now, having said all this, well, this is such an interesting discussion for me, talking about, you know, because, you know, um, especially during this time, so many people uh, during COVID, it's highlighted the, highlighted the fact that you've got to decentralize from Manila. Get away from Manila. I mean... People have been investing now in their provinces, in their home provinces. They're, they're getting out of the city, and, and, and which is great for us, right? now. it's great for economic development that we disperse development across the regions, you know. And I, having said that, I, would, I really want to go back now, carry more to talk about what I call the secret origin of our entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand is that you know you your dad is a diplomat, and he used to work. You know, he was abroad. You came back here. Uh, Carrie and I have known each other for years, huh? so we know each of each other's families. So you know, and then you know, he went out to Nea for college, and then eventually went to business school. Uh, and Carrie, you had that sort of track, right? You know, where you done business school, you were working for for a venture capital firm, I believe, or you were working for different companies. Why did you choose not to stay in the career-oriented path? Why choose to go? entrepreneurial was it something that you know like like for myself and my own background is that you know i did my master's abroad i went, I mean i went to a multinational did my master's abroad but all this was with the intention of eventually joining my family business right just to gain the experience outside was it similar for you as well yeah i mean i i, I knew that i wanted to get my experience and i knew that i wanted to work for the family eventually i just didn't know when that was but let me share a story, RJ, no? and you know, not to be too sentimental, but you know what really struck me? 
was when my grandfather passed away and who's the patriarch and the founder of, of our family business. He passed away in 2012. No? So of course we visited, you know, we were here for the funeral and everything, but something that really struck me was when, you know, I saw how much, I saw the outpouring of support from people from not just from the company, but from the community, generations of people that had just good things to say about him, how he, you know, he helped them through through thick and thin, able to give them livelihood, able to give them opportunities, able to transform the the business landscape, and all of those stories really struck me. And it, and and I thought to myself, why am I going to work for somebody else when we have this opportunity to continue that legacy? No, so it, it was in a way kind of like giving back, but not just giving back, but even trying to take things even further. No, and it was proven that that businesses can be very successful, and that's what really struck me, and that's what really prompted me to to explore opportunities. Having said that, Carrie, and if you don't mind, I mean, I got into this as well with, with people like Buds, which is law of Asiana development. You know, when you have a professional background, so you know you were trained like same like Buds, you know, also trained with a with a master's degree in real estate development. Yours is an MBA. There are other family members who 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 could also have taken over. Was it sort of like uh, you had to earn your place or was it a meritocracy? Because, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there are other family members who also, you know, it's, it's you're a second generation or a third generation. It's, you know, yeah. they, they, who do they place there? How did they know yeah. it could be you? Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. It, and that was the good thing. And and that's something that I really respected was that it, it, it was a meritocracy. When I came here, I was not put at the highest. I was not even put at you know, a, a very high level. And, and I'm not sure if my family is uh, listening in, but I, I did take a big pay cut. I, I, did, I did sacrifice quite a bit. I, I sacrificed being away from the family. So it, it wasn't it, it wasn't easy in, in, in the, the first couple of years. But I think it was really important that I had to go through that to really understand what, what, what it meant to gain the respect of the people that have been in the company for so long. So to answer your question, yeah, it, 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 it was and it still is a meritocracy, even if it is a family business. But you had to let them know that, hey, I want to be part of this part of the family business. Tama ba ako? I, I did. And, and you know how I, I kind of did it was, you know, we have we have several companies that have been around for so long. Like our bread and butter businesses, like our banana exporting business, our uh, our manufacturing business. And, and so when I looked across the portfolio, first, I didn't want to get into a business that was already very well established and was you know, was, was running very well. I wanted to get in something that was, I, I felt was still upcoming, but very exciting. And the real estate business was exactly that. It, it wasn't one of our core businesses 10, 15 years ago. And and now it is, no? And so I, I felt that I could really make a contribution to it. Honestly, if, if I were put in agribusiness, I really don't know if I would have been able to make a good contribution. So it, it's good that, that I'm not there. Are you currently in the process of building your own business or you are already a big business and you're aiming to grow bigger? Whether you're a micro or macro business, I think I have just the most life-changing platform for you. And when I say life-changing, I'm talking about Obanana Corp. They're currently seeking merchant partners and interested customers to experience their excellent service and premium products. For more information, Visit their social media accounts, OBananaPH, for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Together with their wide merchant benefits and key feature benefits, come and level up with Obanana Corp. Can, can I just ask, I'm just very curious. I mean to say, you, were a, you had a family, you had two kids already, you had, a, I guess, a good job before, before leaving. I mean... That's a difficult, I mean, for me, I find it a difficult decision to make to take that larger pay cut. You, know, you remind me of when I interviewed Cesar Rui as well, right? I mean, when he had to yeah. work for uh, Jerry Choa in, in Pro Friends, mm -hmm. you know, he, had, yeah. he took an absolute pay cut, left the family business and said, I'm going to do this myself. But I mean to say, that takes balls for me for, for what he did and look how yeah. what he's been reaping as a result. Can you take me back and how is it like for you? I mean, the, the human side, I mean, the, I mean, you're the superhero side, it's you really taking the business here but I mean there's a lot of sacrifices plus the pay cut plus you know that not you weren't the uncertainty of taking over a business that wasn't so 
you know, established yet. Maybe that was the, the entrepreneur. And, and, and I mean, we all know that hard work and sacrifice, it, it never goes uh, unrewarded. We just don't know how long you're going to have to really go through that ringer, Deba. Right? So I, I, I felt that as long as I stayed focused, I, that, you know, I had a, that my heart was in the right place. When we were doing all of these projects, I knew that eventually it was going to, it was going to, you know, reap dividends or it was going to be where we wanted it to be. But, you know, it's like you just have to really take the, you have to take that plunge. You have to really just suck it up for a while and, and, and things will fall into place. I'm lucky that things did fall into place sooner rather than later, to be honest. I'm blessed to have that or to be blessed with that. Fantastic. Now, having said that, we keep on talking about the portfolio of businesses. Maybe also people can better appreciate the type of entrepreneur your, the patriarch was your Lolo when he came over to Mindanao many years ago. Because what exactly encompasses as a business? Tell us a bit more about uh, when your grandfather came over, what businesses he established and what you had to take over after that yeah. point. You know, where, where did they bring it up to the point that you came in? Sure. Well, I, I, a lot of people really know us for our agribusiness, loops now, our banana export business. And then we became known for manufacturing. Today, we have port operations. Although I think a lot of people really know us because of our Pearl Farm Beach Resort. That's one of the businesses that when, when you say the name, people people will they'll, they'll get it. They'll know that that's us now. And real estate was something that, that, that came back later on. So now I, I would say... Agribusiness is still probably the biggest in our portfolio. Real estate are, are one of the businesses that, that are upcoming. But you know, an interesting story, RJ, no? and, and a lot of people don't know this, but people do tend to ask, what does the Mosa mean? No? Or what does the Mosa land mean? The, the first business that, that my grandfather started way back after World War II, he brought Ford to Mindanao. Yeah, and he was, he, from, he was from Manila? He was from Manila? He's from Manila? Then he went to Davao? Is that right? He was originally from La Union, then La found Union. his way to Manila, where he went to school and, and he started his career in Manila. And then there was an opportunity to, to bring Ford Motors to Mindanao. And that's how he started in Mindanao. And so the name wow. of the company that he started was Davao Motor Sales, hence the Mosa. <laughs> the Mosa. Yeah. Right. And so the Mosa land is actually, it's still the same company. It, it's literally the same company, but it was transformed into a real estate company in, in I, I think that was probably in the late 90s. So what, what happened was that there were so many areas or were there so many properties that the company owned. And there were so many areas in Davao that became known as the Mosa because that's where our showrooms were. And so that's why we, we decided to keep the name the Mosa and we transformed the company into a real estate company, hence the Mosa land. So a lot of the land banks that we're actually developing were old properties that were owned uh, by the original Damosa. Wow, so interesting. That's actually I, how, I always thought Damosa yeah. was like uh, was a Davao term, but it's actually Davao Motor Sales. Davao Motor Sales, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, but um, as I said, something a bit interesting. I found that a couple of, you know, like I said, I had Buds on this show, Buds Wenceslao of ASEAN a couple yep. of weeks ago, oh, a couple of months ago. And there was actually, a, you actually had concluded a deal with them. It was a very nice and quick deal between a really great meeting of the minds of the Mosa and Ashana. Can you tell us a bit more about that one? It's like a, a perfect deal that you guys had over there. Yeah, that was, that, that was a, a very quick and painless and, and very friendly deal. We, our family sold a Makati commercial property to the Wenceslaus. I do believe that they'll be developing it in, in a couple of years, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, if it's somebody that you want to work with and do business with, I mean, Buds is one of those guys. I mean, really solid guy and very straightforward. You know, at any point, um, there was, you knew that everything was being done above board and every, you know, we were, as you said, I mean, it was two like-minded people concluding a, a transaction for our respective families. So, yeah, I mean, and we were able to do it at, at, at the start of the pandemic. That was in September of 2020. Believe wow. it or not, when we were, I, I, I had met Bud, I think, I mean, I'd known him for a while, but we met about this sometime in August. I got COVID and I worked on the deal <laughs> while I was, while I had COVID in my room. And then we signed on the deal a few weeks after my quarantine. So it, it was, it was quite a memorable transaction. Wow, that, that, that was actually, you'll never forget, Carrie. That's really Absolutely. one for the books, literally. Um, I want to just yeah. pick up a comment from over here. It says over here from Team uh, Sablada. 
DLI or Damosa Land is one of the best third-generation managed and lead organizations from Mindanao, part of the Alflo group that has contributed much to the local economy and people for more than 70-plus years. Hats off again to uh, Ricardo Carrillo de Mayo and Ricardo Florendo and the whole management team. Great job, guys. And oh, oh, thanks, thanks, team uh, Sanglada. Thanks so much for the follow-up comment. Good evening, RJ. Great job. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much. I've been <laughs> wanting to feature uh, Carrie for some time. I'm so glad that oh, we finally... I had the time to, to speak to him here uh, right now. Okay, I want to go back now to the story of, of the Mosalan. Kari, what was the state? Because, I mean, right now, if you look at the Mosalan, a lot of firsts that you brought uh, over to the company, and like I said at the start of the show, what you brought over here is that uh, you've launched the first agro-industrial estate, the first condo, the first flexible workspace, uh, a high-rise office tower, and then the first master plan agritourism. Sounds like I'm an uh, yeah. ambassador for, for uh, the Mosalan right there. But then, when you guys started off, what was the current, what was the state of the Mosalan when you came in, and what did you see had to be done? What was the first opportunity that you said was a low low lying fruit that you had to start off with? You know, there were a lot of good projects that were ongoing when when I started. That was in 2014. First of all, years before I came on the Mosalan, and that was under my uncle, they put up the first PESA accredited IT in this part of the country in the southern Philippines. So. That that gave birth to some of the first BPOs in in Davao, no? and today that's one of the IT parks or the, the business parks that we continue to develop. So that was one of the major projects. When I started, also there were that was the the, the first foray of the Mosalan into residential uh, subdivisions. So when I came on board, we have a common friend, see Mike Reyes. You know, he, he he we still work with him in his company on several of our projects. And so he he, he helped launch uh, the first residential project of the mosque and and even some of the subsequent projects that were that we're currently doing. What we what I focused on when I first came in uh, was our agri tourism or our our agri township. That was actually the first project that I was asked or was asked to do when I started. It was raw land. It was 80 hectares of raw land. And, and that's something wow. that it's, it, it's, it's going to be a very long-term project. We're obviously doing it in, in, in several phases. It's, and it's currently ongoing. No? I mean, we our, our subdivision is already, I would say, 50% done. We have an agri-tourism uh, project that's also within that within that 80 hectares. We also partnered with Upilos Banos to put up a Upilos Banos professional school for agriculture in that project. So these are things that are currently ongoing and we'll probably be developing that for the next, wow, for a very long time. And then well, shortly, well, well, shortly after that. These like the legacy projects, which you, legacy projects which hopefully your son or the next, like the mayor generation helps handle as well, no? no exactly, no? And, and I always say that. And, and I think it was another good friend of ours, Raymond Rufino, that he, he, yeah, he put yeah. it so well. He said, you know, as, as real estate professionals, we're mere stewards for the next generation. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, I, that, when he said that, that really stuck with me, and I think that's really the truth, now, especially with these big projects. Shortly after that, then we launched our our industrial park, our agro-focused industrial park that was uh, back in 2016. That's when we started construction on it. It's I, I would say it's about 60% built out. We have several locators that are that have been operating there. There's not many agro-industrial parks in the country. And so we felt that this was one way of being able to advance the economy in Davao del Norte, provide jobs. And at the end of the day, agro-industrial parks will benefit the farmers directly because it's okay. their produce that will be developed within these industrial parks. If you don't mind me asking, uh, I'm going to step back a bit and go back to the agro-residential development that you've been doing. I understand mm-hmm. the residential part. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just wrap my head around the idea of saying it's agro. I mean, there's an agricultural component attached yeah. to it because to my mind as a developer is that a farm lot that you farm, farm lot development where it's a house with a farm lot or um, is it because that Davao already has an you know an agri business strong agri business sector that you're doing agri residential help me understand that what is that opportunity for agri okay. residential sure well first of all the where the project is it's in Davao del Norte so it's the next province north of Davao City. Davao del Norte is very much known for banana plantations, agribusiness, pork operations, manufacturing. So it's, it's a bit more industrial. No? We wanted to stay true to what was important to the local economy, which is agriculture. And, and, and so to answer your question, I mean, what does an agri 
township mean? It means that we're trying to put in as much agri components into the, the project. So I mentioned agritourism is, is one of the major components of that project. So we have a, a working, it, it, it's like a theme park based on agriculture. So people can visit there every day and we, we have a working banana farm. We have aquaculture, we have livestock. Basically, it's trying to put more importance into an industry that unfortunately has been uh, a little bit neglected. No? So that's one component. The, our major school anchor is, as I mentioned earlier, it's a UP Los Banos school. So the, the thinking there was, why not have a UP professional school for agriculture such that you know the people that that the professionals in the region that need to go for professional agri-education don't have to go all the way to Los Banos or don't have to go outside of Mindanao. They can actually stay in Mindanao. They can still work and go to school. Lots of our agriculturists end up actually going out of Mindanao, and, and there's always a chance that they might not come back. That's right. right. That's so right. That, that, that's another way of trying to prevent brain drain. On the residential side, you know, one of the biggest things that came about during the pandemic is urban farming, vertical farming. So you don't even really need huge farm lots anymore to have your own produce inside your residential property. You can even have like a 400, 500 square meter plot of land and you can have vertical gardening. You can do urban gardening and it's become something that people have really taken notice of. So a lot of the components that we're putting into this project will have, it will relate back to agriculture. Essentially, that's what an agri, that's what we have envisioned for the agri township. And it's, it, it sort of halos the, or it bars synergies from the banana plantation or, or your banana business. I mean, I'm guessing in terms of at least the ecosystem of, you know, how to make this work better. We, we have a system already in place, but just put it here in the agro-industrial. Or agro-residential. Yeah, yeah, you can say that because the, the people that are taking care of all of this, I mean, they're agriculturists. They, they know exactly how, how to grow things, how to make sure that the produce is always fresh. I mean, there's there, there's obviously a skill to it. Now, there's an art. I don't have that. I, I, I don't have that know-how. So we have experts doing it for us. If you don't mind me asking, because you are uh, sort of like a, a portfolio of businesses, each business treated as its own separate business unit, meaning that when you had to develop, let's say, the residential township or the condo units or everything else, that financing had to be generated within the real estate development unit. So you had to borrow your own money from, from the bank from there. Or was it another company, a holding company, loaning the money to, to, to you guys over there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And as much as possible, we try to keep it within within the business unit. Now, we, we have to raise our own financing. Of course, there's always going to be support from the parent company. But, you know, I, I try to keep it to a minimum, to be honest. We wanted to have that that discipline that we could we had to work within our means, meaning we wouldn't overextend ourselves with, with certain products uh, or certain projects. And and that's how that's how we've grown the business. I mean, we, we didn't go big in the beginning we handled what we could and the projects got bigger and bigger after that and so the funding the funding from our from our bank obviously would get bigger and bigger as the company but definitely we try to keep it within the business group or within the, the business unit of that and then so now you were able to finally grow the business how about now that you did the the condominium unit that that's the thing that that you know that, that's what i find interesting uh, because sometimes you know when i travel out of the city I understand the need for city because obviously you develop vertically because of the you know the, the because of the price of the land, right? And you know sometimes I go to the north or the south, and sometimes I just kind of wonder why they're building condos because of the price of the <laughs> land or you know, the property so big. But you've, yeah. you've been developing right now the first condo in the one of the first condos in Davao, right? So that's what about that one. I'm curious to find out how you see the opportunity. Yeah, sorry, just to just to correct also, it's not one of the first our first condo project. That's oh, your first condo. Sorry about that. Yeah. So there's, there's been actually quite a number of high-rise condos, especially when you're in Davao City. It's really hard to find a, a house and lot project anymore. It would be going out towards the outskirts of the city. And as you said, the, the prices have become quite high in Davao City. So anything that you see going up, it, it, it's really a condominium project. And I think people really wanted to have that convenience. What, why, why people in other cities would want condominiums? I mean, it's convenient. You have all the amenities. You can just lock up. And it's also a good investment. No? So, you know, one thing that we saw was that, you know, there were a lot of people that were looking 
to invest their money in, in, in the city, but there weren't as many projects for them to invest in. But what we saw is that when you give a good project, the market is there. People are willing to spend their money and they're willing to invest their money in good projects, in good names. That's why you see the, you know, people are buying, you know, Ayala land projects, for instance, that are almost Manila price. You wow. know, Mega World projects, DMCI projects, and, and the prices are not cheap, but people want to invest in, in quality projects. So it's good for the city, it's good for the buyers, and we continue to see that. Okay. Then in terms of the, in terms of the uh, I'm going to go back now to the big agro-industrial projects that you're doing, or the total, you know, agri is sort of like the, the linchpin of everything else. There's residential, uh, there's industrial, and, and all these different things that, that are emerging. Where, where, do you see your, where do you see the Mosalan taking it in the next couple of years? Because uh, it's sort of like you're laying the groundwork right now for what's going to yeah. become... Because agri, the agro-tourism will take some... For me, it, it will take some time to, to get where it is. To my mind, right. you know, agribusiness also very established banana. Uh, but these other agribusinesses you're doing in your place, they will take, you know, there's a certain maturity level or a certain scale it has to get to to be viable or sustainable businesses. Where do you see yeah. where the Mosalan is taking all this one? For for this particular project, you mean? For the agri yes, yes. for the agri township. For the, the uh, agri township and also for the agri-industrial portion for the agria. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, uh, because they're two separate projects, no? Yes, that's um, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess for Agria, I mean, over the next couple of years, the way we envision it, it, it it's really a, you know, a, a self-contained township or CBD project. All of the components that you need, I mean, you just you have everything within within reach. No? And and to be honest, I mean, we're looking at best practices from all the you know different successful real estate developers across the country that have been doing townships. We're just trying to put our own stamp on it, which is the agricultural component. But one thing that we also want to consider moving forward, it's not just an agri-city, but also an agri-smart city. So, I mean, mm. technology is you know making it possible for, for affordable solutions um, to make your, your city smart. It doesn't have to be as complex and expensive anymore. We also want it to be a very sustainable city. So, for instance, like our first house and lot project, where we're using a Danish technology to build our home, which uses uh, a lot less cement, 70% less cement. That's so, uh, Conovate um, by uh, Emma Imperial. Is that one? Uh, exactly. That's by Mrs. Emma Imperial. You know, it's a, it's a great product. Uh, really great it's product. durable. It's a, very, it's a very strong product, but it's sustainable. It's eco-friendly. So these are some of the innovations that we want to put in that in, in that project. So it's really it's a combination of everything. It's agri theme, but we want to stack it up, and we want to make sure that it's sustainable. So it, it's really okay. like this, this city of the future. And then moving forward a bit more, Carrie. I know we talked a lot about the opportunities that are available right now in Davao, but in your perspective, what are the opportunities that you are seeing emerging that you know? That are very interesting for you uh, per- personally. Uh, after you know, in your perspective, as you know, seeing the real estate development, seeing agri development over there, where, where where can entrepreneurs still play in that area, especially if they go to Davao or in other yeah. areas with similar conditions around the country? Well, I think it's it's no coincidence why our Davao Investment Conference next week will be focusing on certain key industries. These are industries that we believe there are a lot of opportunities. So I mentioned earlier real estate. Of course, agribusiness is still going to be at the forefront of, of anyone's mind coming to Mindanao, but tourism and manufacturing. So manufacturing is, you know, we want to attract more locators to come to our part of the country. A lot of them right now are situated, for instance, in, in Luzon and the Visayas. But, you know, manufacturing really has that good multiplier effect. No? And the investments that go into manufacturing are very long-term. They're, they're quite large as well. So, you know, there, there are opportunities because the infrastructure is getting much better. We have we have ports, airports, seaports, investments in, in roads and bridges and things like that. But even, you know, for even for SMEs, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think when we were having a discussion before the the start of the podcast was that, you know, there's a lot of good, interesting food concepts that are coming up, food entrepreneurs. They're taking advantage of this, you know, I guess of this big market that we have in Davao, a market also that's becoming more discerning, uh, that's becoming more open to new ideas. 
No, so I think there's a lot of opportunities, not just for big investors, not just for big investors, but even for SMEs as well. I mean, and, and that's why this is right up your alley with your FMB businesses. And would love to pick your your brain on that now when you come to this. Yeah, we're going to be there soon. So again, those listening, uh, Mercat and Davao happening soon. Also, I just want to make one more plug again for all those who want to attend the Davao Investment Conference or Davao Icon. Can you please, Clark, flash again? The, uh, there you go, www.davaoicon.com for those who want to attend this upcoming conference. Again, Gary, thanks so much for the time. I know I wish we had more time. I mean, the conversation went by so quickly. <laughs> but just one more thing, Gary. Uh, I mean, you've gained a lot. You've learned a lot both as a professional and as an entrepreneur running a family business. And you're still seeing some opportunities emerging. Uh, you shared a lot of advice like you know, how you have to just suck it up and, you know, how for you business was just more than just, you know, doing business, but rather for you it was like continuing the sort of impact or the legacy that, that your grandfather had there in, in Mindanao. So what are your couple of tips for the entrepreneurs listening here right now? I mean, some of them are saying, well, I, know, I, I, I think it's to get in the boat because, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur yet or, you know, they're struggling during these times. What would be your advice to them, especially as they're trying to uh, pick themselves up after this pandemic or during this pandemic rather? No, you know, honestly, I think entrepreneurship knows no age. I mean, you we know entrepreneurs that have that have been successful later in life in their forties and fifties. And look, I mean, even with 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 my experience, I, I had some entrepreneurial ventures. I was in F and B at one time earlier in my career, and I failed miserably. I do believe that I only found my bearings later on, like when when I found myself here in Davao. So. Look, I mean, it's quite overused. People will always say, "Oh, you have to fail. You have to fail." But that's the truth. You know, you—that's the truth. You know, fail you a have couple, to fail, right? Fail, fail a you couple will, times. You will fail. And yeah, you'll never find a successful entrepreneur that didn't fail. So fully agree. Um, fully agree here. Yep. Right. I think it's it, it's that, and and ultimately, I mean, just make sure that your heart's in the right place. Do noble work. Don't don't screw anyone over, and and yeah, and, and just do good work. And I, and I think you, you'll be enough. You'll be, or we, we will all be uh, rewarded in the end. Yeah. Well, again, thanks yeah. so much, Carrie Lagdameo of Davao Salon for guesting here on the show. Hopefully, we get some people to sign up for the Davao Icon Conference. Good luck with all the projects going on at the same time. It, it's a fantastic job that you guys are doing. And, and more power to you guys. And hopefully, we'll see uh, Mercato in the Salon very soon. Again, this is Arjila Desma. See you for the next Arjila Desma podcast on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, RJ. Thanks for having me, and I hope to see you soon. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.